Hello and welcome to St. Paul's Faith to Go podcast, your on-the-go resource for everything you need to have faith discussion throughout your day at home, at work, with your friends, and with your family. My name is Abigail Krieger and I'm the Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministries. I'm Maya Little Sonia and I'm the Youth Minister here at St. Paul's. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Director of Outreach and Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And we are back this week for uh, October, the week of October 15th, 2017. And these are readings from Proper 23. And our theme for this week from our resources is the Banquet of Plenty. And so, again, our hope for every week is to bring you, uh, to highlight some uh, important themes from the readings and from the resources that you'll have uh, conversations about with your family, and to help you focus your conversation a little bit and work through the gospel reading and the themes that come up from the gospel. Uh, so this week's gospel reading from this past Sunday uh, was Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. The parable of the wedding banquet. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. That was another intense one. Yeah. It was very similar to the last week's one. Yeah. Out to We're in a tough stretch here with the parables. I know. It feels like every single one is a little bit. Yeah. Ex- it's worse. It kind of a. It makes it feel very ex- like this exclusive club that mm-hmm. you're not really that invited to unless you're like the best. And you're wearing mm-hmm. a wedding robe. They said anyone in the city. It's like yeah. It's like you were saying like a con- a conditional invitation. Like yeah. everyone's welcome only if. You wear this, or you do this, or you act this way. Yeah, the weird thing about that last part about the wedding robe thing is like this person literally was just—they can't—they walked up to him like ten minutes ago and asked him to come to this wedding. Yeah, and he's then like, he's gonna get in trouble for not wearing a wedding robe when he had no idea he was gonna be going to a right. wedding. That day. Yeah, what's up with the dress code? <laughs> right, like, hey, bro, want to come to my wedding? Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that is really odd. Yeah, uh, the hard, these are the hard things for me about this parable. Right, gnashing of teeth, that's just too much. The, Very Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, it's like every time it gets harder and harder to explain away the violence. Yeah. Well, because at the end of these podcasts, I'm like, yeah, we did it, go us. And uh-huh. then next week we're like, oh, well, yeah. 
there we go. I just think it's really also interesting the contrast between this week and last week, mm-hmm. where last week it was like, oh, like when the people that Jesus was telling the parable to said, oh, he should kill them, and Jesus was like, no, he shouldn't. Um, and now this king is like, yeah, no, let's kill them. Yeah. His, um, because if, okay, so again, if this is a parable, so it's a story that Jesus is telling to illustrate something about the kingdom of heaven. And it says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. That's the like, most basic thing that Jesus is saying. So, if the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son, you might think then that you would, it, would, it would seem that the king is God, and the king is throwing a wedding banquet for his son, and sends his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet but they would not come is he just really is he just really like offended that people aren't coming to his party he's like i want to burn down your city well so again we have to it's like important to remember the um like the social context of what's going on with matthew so if we if we read it like Maya, you were saying before we started that this is like, you know, a, a snapshot of salvation history. Right. If you say that, um, like, the, the, from Matthew's perspective, who was writing the gospel, if the, if the people that had always, that, because this, this is not like the king went and called them that day to invite them somewhere. Right. It's like they have been invite, invited for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I sent out these, these save the dates a year ago, yeah. and now the party is Saturday, right? And we're like, four, we're like four days away, yeah. right? And, and he's like, okay, all those people I invited, go round them up. So the idea is like, Matthew's kind of alluding to the fact that like, there's a large group of people, and in his mind, kind of the Jewish people mm-hmm. before Jesus, or the Jewish people who do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, who... God has invited to this wedding banquet. Mm -hmm. And for a whole bunch of different reasons, they are making all these excuses as to why they can't come. The wedding banquet for his son. In in the same way that all these different religious leaders are making, are giving reasons why Jesus is not the Messiah, Mm -hmm. maybe. Or explaining why, you know, this thing that Matthew and all these other disciples are fighting for is not true. So in his eyes, then, that that is declining an invitation to the kingdom of heaven. And also I kind of get the first will be last vibes with them going mm-hmm. out and inviting everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, right. So then tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatted calves have been slaughtered. Those are big things. Those are like things that you save up yeah. for, right. for a long time. And everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized the slaves and mistreated them and killed them. So this would seem to be like people who don't take the messages from God very seriously. Right, and persecuted the people right. that have people sent the who, message, like prophets and stuff. Yeah, people who persecuted and mistreated prophets and things like that. Now, in the story last week, it was, we we could say like, you know, in this story, these people are being... the the tenants are mistreating these mm-hmm. people that God is continu- or the vineyard owner is continuing to send. And, but you know, the vineyard owner keeps sending them. Right. Yeah. And there's no like punishment. Uh, and this one, 
It says pretty clearly, the king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. So the king symbolizes God? That's what it would seem like. Okay. The other thing to, to know about Matthew's gospel is that it was most likely written after the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in oh. 70 AD. So, this is one example of a time when people use, people use this to date Matthew's gospel after that because it's kind of like Matthew is alluding to that being punishment for not accepting the invitation of God. Right? That, okay. like, their city literally was destroyed and burned. Their place yeah. of worship. Right. The temple was burned. The city of Jerusalem was sacked by, by Roman soldiers. And, and it's kind of like Matthew is reading that event in history as punishment yeah. from God. And, now, and then building it into a parable and then building it into Jesus' explanation of the kingdom. So that is just that's kind of like a historical critical way of reading it. Um, so it, at, on its face, it seems kind of problematic. It seems kind of out of tune with this loving, for, all forgiving, all inviting God. Yeah. That first half of the parable that ends with, and he destroyed their cities and, and things like that. Yeah. And it's it's not to say that. Jesus didn't say it or anything, but it's, it's important to remember all of the different things that are going into the writing of a gospel. You know, like Matthew's got all this different stuff in his head when he's writing this gospel. Right. Right. And so aware of the history, aware of the social context, there's yeah. a lot going on here. And so it's okay, and it's okay to, read, to read through all those different lenses. You don't just have to take it at face value. Read between the lines a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and so be aware of this history and be aware of the social setting and be aware that it's okay to question these things that seem, that seem out of harmony right. with yeah. the other parts of the Bible that are very clearly like an all-loving mm -hmm. God who invites and forgives forever, no matter what your actions are. Yeah, you know, it seems very confusing. And if as an adult, like I understand your historical context of it and that helps. But as a kid, it would be hard to be like, well, wait, I thought you mm -hmm. said that God was a forgiving and loving God and a gracious God. And mm -hmm. and what what am I am I going to be burned at the stake right. for my mistakes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and that's a valid question. And that's a really that's right. kind of the discomfort that we have to not try to explain away too much. Well, right. But if a kid was to hear your like a explanation of, well, this was after the sacking of Rome. It's like, well, where's Rome? Right. <laughs> um, that'd be really difficult for yeah. sure. I agree with Abby, but, and also, yeah, not trying to oversimplify it though. At the same yeah. time, it's an interesting balance. Parents always have with their kids yeah. um, with many conversations mm -hmm. is not trying to dilute things to the point where they lose their meaning mm -hmm. um, and having a conversation with your kids, but also, you know, explaining things and um, asserting truth and what mm -hmm. you believe without it being inappropriate mm -hmm. and to a point where it's not good. Right. And the, and the other thing is that that's only, the, that's only part of the parable. So the, the second part of it is, can, can also be, that's the part that sticks out the most because it's the most startling, but yeah. 
But if we are looking for an emphasis on the openness of God to all humans and to forgiveness and to love, then the second half also has its questions, but it's, it points to this reality that... So, so after that happens, he said, he said to them, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. All whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. So this is like, it's like literally going just out and everyone, just invite everyone else. Mm-hmm. Just invite everybody. Like it doesn't matter who it is. And this is something that the, the discussions will emphasize this week and the resources is that like it really is everyone else. Yeah. Regardless of who they were, what their background was, doesn't matter what, their, what part they had played in the history of salvation. It was, doesn't matter if you are a human you're invited to this wedding feast. Uh, and then it says, But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. My anxiety goes up immensely yeah. when I read these parables. I'm like, Ugh. This is rough. Oh, hello, friend. Um, now there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have Se- a good one. Seriously, reminds me of Game of Thrones where they're like super fake and then they throw them out and mm-hmm. kill them. Yeah. I think, though, I think, though we, can, we can do some interpreting here similar to how we thought of the parable last week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's funny. I, I actually wrote a paper on this parable? gospel, <laughs> this parable. Oh, wow. In wow. seminary. <laughs> Why are we even here then? Why don't we just read your <laughs> I don't dissertation? Remember, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I still have it somewhere. But one thing I do remember from the, the research I did was that this idea of a wedding robe, um, it, it wasn't necessarily that, that there was like just a like standardized, oh, here's your section of wedding robes to go oh. find. It could be like just your, your nicest pair of clothes. Mm. It's just your best yeah. God is just asking you to bring your best, not necessarily be the best. And it's simply a matter of like dressing for the occasion as much as you can. Yeah. You know, it's not that one pair of clothes is better than the next. It's all a, it's all personalized and it's up to each person. Not a specific item of clothing per right. se, but like, hey, let's not show up in Chacos yeah. and like a tie-dye t-shirt to my wedding. Exactly. Oh, so I it's not like there is like <laughs> It's not like Don't show up to my wedding in them then. <laughs> oh, I will kick you out. Yeah, right? for sure. There we go. It's parable no question. <laughs> it's not like there is a standard to which everyone has to measure up. It's that the question is, how will you bring your best to everything that you do? Or maybe this was a person they knew could do better. Exactly. That's right. Like, oh. like if you're really poor and you have something that's like, wearing the same thing, but this guy could be wearing like a nice right. outfit right. or at least a polo. Right. Um, and yeah. he's not because what it really does is you, you could take this as like the king is being disrespected, mm. but, but it's, it's also, it also like, if you don't take, if, if you don't bring your best to the wedding banquet, you're also disrespecting all the people that did bring their best to it. And yourself, you, you feel kind of underdressed. And that's the, that's the more important one, I think, is that when you don't bring your best, when you, it's like the choices that you make 
you throw yourself into the darkness mm -hmm. and weeping and gnashing of teeth more of the time than you are just punished by God. Right. Don't you think? I think tacos should be punished right. at all senses. <laughs> agreed. That out? Yeah. No, actually agreed. Yeah. Well, there it's will like... be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> I know. I know that when I when I know I know when I'm going to make when I'm making a decision that is probably not good for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know what a good for me decision is like. Mm -hmm. And in the face of knowing that I still make decisions that hurt. And I know I the feeling like weeping and gnashing of teeth, I like in my gut know what that feeling feels like. Mm. It's True. terrible. It really hurts. Also being called yeah. out on something. Yeah. Like the fact that the king like went up to him and was like, Why aren't you wearing how'd you get in mm -hmm. here? Yeah. Versus, you know, people just giving him a side eye is mm -hmm. also really like your heart just drops, even if you know you're not doing your best. Yeah. And then someone comes up and just like calls it out. You're just like, oh, okay. yeah. It's yeah. like an issue of accountability. Right. And you, it doesn't feel good. No. Like it's, it's, it's different from you telling yourself that and then someone else is actually like tangibly saying it. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. So the, the, the conversations this week will focus on kind of like excuse making sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it in the context of what we just we just came to is like you know when you're making excuses to you know when you're making excuses that are actually like you just trying to pretend like you're not hurting yourself right. or someone else yeah you know and not to be your best self you're making excuses to not put in yeah. the extreme amounts of effort that it requires right and that's okay like we're all going to mess up right know? And, um, but it's like, there's, there's an invitation to, to own it. Right. Right. And when you're called out to own it. Exactly. Accountability. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's something that is kind of always developing in all of us. But, right. But when you're really young, you're, you're really like just learning what accountability feels like yeah what it even is mm -hmm. um you're getting called out all the time right but it's more about cookie from the cookie jar no right. Right. like looks at feet yeah. <laughs> like no be like yeah you know what i did mom and it was delicious <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but even even if you can you can focus on the idea with your kids that that you know you're gonna you're gonna mess up and it's gonna hurt when you mess up right but it's not about hating yourself for messing up. It's about like taking what you've learned from messing up and being able to be aware of it the next time. Right. Next time someone invites you somewhere. Right. And always having that like continuing to continuing to invite reflection about what has been hurting and what is hurting now. And because the more you become aware of it, you know, in the moment, the more you reflect on it, the easy, the easier it is to be aware of it in the moment when it's happening. My mom would always be like, when, you know, when you get a timeout, like, think about what you've done. I'm like, well, what yeah. is there to think about? I did what I did. Yeah. But then I, as I got older, I realized, oh, wait, there's, like, thought that goes behind this. And I have mm -hmm. to think about what I did. And then I, when I would do something like that again, I'd be like, oh, I already thought about this. Right. I remember myself being like, I thought about this yeah. already. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> Why did I, I do it again? I already thought about it. And yeah. I would be mad at myself. I remember saying that to my mom, like, I already thought about it. <laughs> 
And I think I think like the first person whenever I am about whenever I'm like doing something that I know isn't good for me or something, I'm like the first person that I lie to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like saying, oh, oh for be sure. Fine. And I'm the first person I give excuses to. And the last yeah. person to fess up to yourself. Right. Like you're, everyone yeah. else will see that it's not good. And you're the last person to admit that it's a problem. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. Ditto. So I think that there are, there are three main things to focus on this week when you're having these conversations that we've identified here from talking about the gospel. Uh, one of them is being aware of excuses and kind of the ways that we... Um, can lie to ourselves when we're doing that, that kind of activity. The second one is accountability and, and awareness of our actions. And the third one is just the, the openness of God and all of our inherent worthiness of having this invitation to this great wedding feast that we all are invited to, no matter who we are or what we've done. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you have good conversations this week. If you get a chance, as always, rate and review the podcast. Also, make sure you go to the website at stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go to check out all of the resources for your three different age groups. And uh, make sure to join us next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.